All right, folks, welcome to the runningrestaurants.com podcast, where we bring you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to know to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I'm your host, Jamie Oikel, and today we've got a great episode for you with Andy Diamond, who is the president of Angry Crab Shack. Welcome, Andy. Why are the crabs so angry? I mean, have you ever met a happy crab? <laughs> uh, one thing, our, it's the answer our founder, Ron Lou, gave. I asked him, yeah. you know, I go, why angry crab? He goes, have you ever seen a happy one? I'm like, I don't think so. He goes, they're crabby. That's so, fair. They're angry. Yeah. Uh, for, for folks that don't know the brand, you guys are out in, started in, in Arizona, but uh, tell folks that don't know about the concept, more about it, how you got started, where the locations are, where you're expanding, what's going on? Yeah. So we'll turn, and Crab Shack will turn nine years old uh, this November. So in, in nine years, Ron Liu, who's a founder of Angry Crab Shack, a former football player at ASU and actually played in the NFL, has uh, been in restaurants for about 20, 25 years. And he sort of came up the idea with Angry Crab Shack, uh, actually, when he was in the hospital. And uh, he was very angry. That's another way angry comes from it. Uh, but he's had great seafood knowledge in the restaurants that he's done. And with his, uh, he's a first generation Chinese American. And so he took his experience in seafood and sort of spices and came up with uh, our signature sauces, our, our boil sauces, which really set Angry Crab Shack apart. Uh, so we have this great menu with this great food and, uh, you know, opened up the first restaurant, but wanted it to be more of than just a place where people came and ate. We wanted it to be the ultimate dining experience. People spend their hard money on food and we want them to feel like that they got more than just a meal out of it. So it's very interactive. Uh, there's tongue and groove on the walls where guests can sort of make their mark and uh, sign the walls and sort of take ownership in, in the place. And it's just a very fun uh, atmosphere and uh, the servers are interactive. Uh, if you get something spicy, we're going to let the whole restaurant know it. If you're there for an anniversary or a birthday, we'll wish you a happy birthday and everyone's going to know it, but we'll do it our way. We won't sing you some song. We'll just scream that it's your birthday and uh, run a siren and hit the bells and let everyone clap for you. Nice, so nice. No, no embarrassing song, just an embarrassing scream. Um, but, you know, it, it gets to the point, it got to the point where really in our first year or so, our guests sort of took our culture and, and ran with it and we let them run with it. Why not let your guests tell you what they like about your restaurant? And I, I tell the story a lot. It was our first summer that our first location was open and uh, we're near our high school and it was summer graduation. And every student that walked in there uh, with a cap and gown or diploma, the entire restaurant without us prompting anything, just got up and gave him a standing ovation. Love and it. so it just feels, even though as we're growing, we've always wanted to keep that mom and pop singular location mentality. So every location that we've done, and we've got 18 open now, there's something unique about that location. It all looks the same, but they're all a little bit different. And our franchise owners in uh, Houston and Nevada and Alabama, you can tell that they have a little bit of their own personality uh, within each location. We got sounds going off. We got life. Life is happening in the background. I know, right? For, I, forgot I, rookie mistake. I forgot to hit the uh, silent button on the phone. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I, I was right. I was writing down a few things. One of the things I wrote down was the the spending money, and it's hard earned money. And I, I've had so many experiences lately where my checks have gone up at, at restaurants everywhere, like everyone else, right? Right. And it's like 
shoot, I just paid a bunch of money, but man, the experience was blah. The food was kind of blah. So I, I can appreciate that mentality. And I, I pulled this quote off your, off your site, uh, right on there. So I wanted to ask you about it. It says, you know, our passion is to serve delicious seafood to our guests in a fun, sometimes loud and, and very casual environment. And that's what you just talked about. Is that, is that kind of, that sounds like it's baked right in. It, it absolutely. So when you're walking in, uh, you're wearing t-shirt flip-flops if you want to. Uh, there's gloves if you want to put them on. We'll give you a bib. Uh, put butcher paper or freezer paper on the table. And you just, you know, your table is your plate and your utensils are your hands. Uh, so it's very fun. It's very laid back. We were even voted our first couple of years the best third date restaurant in ah, Arizona. That's funny. They said by then you can see just how disgusting you can be with shrimp hanging out of your mouth with your date to see if you're compatible. Uh, but it's, you know, it's the type of thing you're going to come for fun and we're value minded. If you look at our seafood prices now, seafood prices have gone up as, as you mentioned, everything else has, but we've always tried to not sticker shock our guests. So we're okay with having a higher food cost than most people, because again, we want people to come in, enjoy themselves and not say, I can't believe I just paid this much money for that. I'm so disappointed. We want people to even say, wow, that was awesome. I can't believe how cheap it was. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly right. You want to leave that leave them with the feeling that juice, I, I got a great value. I want to come back. Yeah. Whereas of course the opposite of that is completely what you don't want to give them. So let's go to you. Let's go back to you for a sec. Uh, I saw somewhere else, a uh, website, somewhere else, first job, uh, uh, Usher, Kansas city Royal stadium. Yeah. So go there and go how you got to where you are today. Kind of on a quick, quick yeah. Time. So, um, you know, uh, was an usher at the K as they call it, the Kansas city Royals. I'm a huge yeah. sports fan. And uh, had the opportunity to my senior year uh, become an usher and see every one of George Brett's last home games as a Kansas City oh, Royal. Yeah. Not That's very good, good, but watching George Brett was just awesome. Yeah, he was incredible. Uh, so uh, that was a great experience being an employee of the Royals and then went to school at Indiana University and uh, majored in accounting. Uh, and then after graduating from Indiana, I moved to Chicago and practice uh, intellectual property consulting okay. and basically resolved around uh, equating economic damages for patent infringement cases and being expert witness test uh, giving expert witness testimony. I didn't give the testimony, but I did a lot of the analysis and, and models uh, spent, did that for about two and a half years and then moved to Atlanta in the fall of 99 and took a job with a, uh, with a company called McMaster car, which uh, is a company out of Chicago, but they had a branch in Atlanta and this uh, became part of the management group that ran different departments in the warehouse and got a lot of operational knowledge. Uh, you know, when you're in a warehouse, you make a decision, you find out right away if it was a good decision or bad decision. You know, you find out how efficient your, your, your day is going based on decisions that you're making. So I really liked the fact that I spent the first couple of years doing a lot of analysis, a lot of spreadsheets, a lot of planning and budgeting, uh, and really looking at, you know, what makes uh, numbers relevant. Because when you're doing a budget or when you're doing a pro forma, and this is great for restaurant owners to know, if you're not using the correct relevant data, it doesn't matter what the answer is. It's like if you're building a house, but the foundation mm -hmm. is bad, the house is going to fall apart. So uh, getting both the, the sort of planning and high level and long term thinking, uh, you know, analysis and combine that with operational experience was great. 
And then uh, I had a couple buddies in, in Atlanta that wanted to get into the restaurant business and they bought a franchise, uh, this Cajun place uh, called Po' Boys out of Tallahassee. And uh, about six or seven months into it, they asked me if I wanted to come in and help them out with it. And I said, sure. Uh, I was kind of getting bored of my job a little bit. Been there about three years and sort of ready to move on to something else. And, you know, at age 26, seven, fell in love with the restaurant industry. Um, I'm not like a lot of, you know, other people I'm sure you've talked to where they started out as servers and bussers and have always been in it. I got in it very late and uh, but realized that this was the perfect um, sort of career path for me. And uh, about three years later, um, we ended up selling the business. And I've sort of, you know, looking to, you know, hitting 30, never lived out West, mm-hmm. you know, lived in the South, lived in, you know, a big city like Chicago, love sports. Sounds like Scottsdale, Arizona is the perfect location. So, uh, you know, loaded up my car and drove across the country and uh, happened in Scottsdale and, you know, started to make some contacts, got involved in a few different restaurants and, um, then in 2014 was introduced to Ron Liu, who's, who's our founder and, uh, we were a good match. He, he's a true, uh, innovator. He thinks differently than a lot of people. He's got a lot of creativity. Um, about the only thing we had in common is that I love NFL football and he played NFL football. Um, that's, that's about it, but, uh, you know, we're a good match. And I remember, you know, talking to him about four months into, into me being there. And uh, it opened uh, in Crab Shack. The first one opened in November 2013. I came on basically January 2014 uh, to help him out. And, you know, I remember telling him, I was like, Ron, th- th- you've got something here. This is great. Like, just look around, look at the people enjoying themselves. And I go, I think this is something that would work, not just in Arizona, but in other places. And he's like, well, what do I need to do? And I'm like, well, you got to have multiple restaurants. You got to show that this will work right. in different neighborhoods, in different areas, and di- different demographics. And he's like, okay, let's go. That's all he needed. And the next thing I know, uh, it's 2016, and we have six restaurants open and operating. Um, and, and then it came to really concentrating on expansion, uh, not just in Arizona, but outside. So we started looking at franchise possibilities. And so we really started getting um, – serious about franchise, maybe 2017, 2018, and then started signing our first uh, agreements outside of Arizona in 2019. Okay. Yeah. So thanks for taking me on, on that journey. And I I could go a whole bunch of directions from here, but since you just mentioned the franchise piece, I want to, I want to stick there because on, obviously you have the website for the restaurant, but then you also have a franchise site. I saw a quote there that that I saw a quote there that I liked that everybody who is thinking about franchising or everybody who's operating a restaurant would kind of gravitate towards you say, you know, we've cracked the code on running a profitable restaurant franchise to unpack that for a second, because running a restaurant can be very unprofitable. If you don't do it right, it can be very stressful. There's ways and systematizing things to get profits built into the system. So how do you guys think about that, that, that formula? When you say you cracked it, what do you got? Well, yeah, I mean, you want your franchise partners to know, hey, you're buying something. You're buying our process. You're buying our book. You're buying the mistakes that we made as we were going on and, you know, taking advantage of some of the deals that maybe we didn't have when we first started out. So, yeah. the, the you know, the first step, obviously, is you're looking at your build out. And we like second generation real estate because uh, it, it's going to be less of a build out. Now, if you can't find second generation real estate, things are going to cost a little bit more and and you have to go in there, you know, understanding that. Uh, But 
uh, you know, our process of looking at how to build out a restaurant, the equipment that you need. We don't have an extensive kitchen. We don't have a lot of kitchen equipment. Um, you know, the only thing we require is that you need to have enough freezer space in order to house, you know, some of uh, all the food that you're going to be selling. So, um, you know, without a ton of kitchen equipment, you can really limit your expenses where if you look at our decor, it's tongue and groove and it's paint. Uh, you know, so there's not, you're not spending a lot of money on frills and lighting and, and, and doing things that, you know, add a lot of extra dollars for the appearance, because to us, the fun that you're going to have is what's going to draw you to the inside of Angry Crab Shack. Um, but then it's about operating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we've done is we've gone on, we've been very good with our vendors and building relationships, long-term relationship with our vendors. When we first started, we were getting our snow crab, shrimp, and king crab, which are our three biggest sellers at Restaurant Depot. We had to go multiple times during the week, sometimes multiple times during the day, because the big suppliers like Cisco, uh, who we use now, or U.S. Foods, they weren't buying big blocks of seafood. And so uh, I had a good relationship and some other businesses with Cisco and and went to them and said, hey, we're growing. What can you do for us? And they started buying seafood in bulk, which just made it so much easier because they were getting good pricing. They were housing it for us and delivering it to us when we needed. And then as we've gone on with them, as we've grown, we've paid attention to the contracts that we have with them. Um, So the, the the contract that just expired with them, uh, we put in uh, a sort of uh, step variable pricing, but also a cap on our king crab and snow crab because we identified as these were two items that could go up in price and go up hurry. And as we've seen, really, they did. Uh, I mean, the cost of king crab and snow crab are probably up 500 percent over the last three or four years, our cost. So obviously, you know, when you see some of the prices of king crab and snow crab, that is why it has just gone up. But we put a cap in there on how much margin could be charged based on the price of the seafood to us or the cost of the seafood to us. So while it still may be expensive, uh, they couldn't go up a, above a certain uh, margin and that's allowed us to keep our prices down, but our franchise partners also get that same deal. Yeah. Uh, so, so having good vendors, good relationship with the vendors makes a lot of sense uh, and being loyal to the vendors. We don't like to jump. We don't, we won't sit there and say, Oh, this, this guy came in with lower pricing. Now we're going to move to them. And then six months later we move again. We like to stick with who has worked with us before. And because there's that trust there, that we get that long-term pricing. We're never jumping around to find out where we're going to get this next product, which has been important, obviously, with all the supply chain issues. Sure. Yeah. So, all right. You got the good build out, lower costs there. You got the systems in place. I want to talk then about the marketing piece. Yeah. You got to get you got to get people in. So marketing, branding, online ordering, all that has changed in the last two years. How do you guys bring people in? How do you bring them back in? beyond the experience. And then we'll talk about people a little bit too, but what are you doing on the marketing side? So a lot of the social media now, which is great because a lot of that's free. So we make sure yeah. that our Facebook, TikTok, Instagram mm-hmm. uh, is, are all up to date and they're fun videos. Uh, we will make sure uh, when we do certain videos, we have mascot uniforms and we'll put people in mascot uniforms and just, you know, um, when you see something like that, your eyes just kind of look at it. It's like, well, what are these guys doing? We got to watch it. Right. Uh, the other thing is you're going to, you want to showcase what you have, which is the food. 
So a lot of our videos is cracking open the food, dipping the food in, in our sauce. Uh, our most our famous sauce, the most popular sauce is trifecta, which is a combination of Cajun lemon pepper and garlic. Um, okay. It's a buttery sauce, and then you can sort of spice it as much as you want to. Uh, but uh, just seeing the visuals of the seafood and showing how big the, the king crab and snow crab meat coming out and the lobster tails, um, mm-hmm. everything like that, it really draws people in. Uh, so th- a lot of it's social media. And again, you know, th- that is the free part of it. Uh, we do definitely do some print media marketing uh, in, in some of the restaurant books and, and things like that. But I think one thing that really helps it out and it's great because it's marketing by giving back to our community, which is definitely one of our principles. We yep. do a July promotion every year. It's called you dine, we donate. And uh, for every guest that comes into Angry Crab Shack, we will donate 25 cents to uh, Arizona Housing Coalition, which helps at-risk veterans for homelessness. This is a organization that gets people, helps people out getting driver's licenses and filling out social security. And, you know, obviously gives them clothes and and food, but also just, you know, filing for unemployment or maybe even how to go about getting a job. And, you know, this this past July, we did it, uh, just finished the promotion, obviously. And we raised $75,000 for this organization. When you're- when you're promoting this, that is marketing, but you're also giving back. Uh, Our biggest charitable partner is Phoenix Children's Hospital. Mm -hmm. And we have on our menu, Phoenix Children's Fries. And uh, when franchise partners go in other states, they find a children's hospital or a similar charity and they have their fries. In in Henderson, I believe it's Sunrise Fries. And for every order of Phoenix Children's Fries, In Crab Shack donates a dollar to uh, Phoenix Children's Hospital. And uh, this year, our commitment's gonna be $250,000. So you you hear a lot of goals being met Mm -hmm. and it's how many stores do you want? And what's your operating revenue gonna be? How much sales are you trying to get? One of our big goals was hitting a million dollars in charitable donations, which is something we will do sometime this year. So in less than a decade, you know, through our guests, really, um, we're going to be able to donate uh, over a million dollars to various charities with Arizona Housing Coalition and uh, Phoenix Children's Hospital being our, our two biggest partners. So some of the marketing is, is in definitely giving back to your community. Uh but, uh, you, you know, the best marketing you can do is the food yep. and the experience yourself. When guests come in and have a good time, they tell five people and those five people go in and they tell five people. So the word of mouth, the buzz, uh, it'll, it's amazing how much you actually get out of providing a great product with great service at a reasonable price. Yeah, it kind of does the job for you. I'm glad you brought up the community stuff. I did. I, I saw that on your site. It was a big piece. I did want to yeah. ask you about that. So I'm glad you share that. And, and you know, you're growing and so forth. But that sounds like you've been doing that since the beginning. And it's a really good strategy is not the right word because it's just part of who you are. But it's, it's something that that independent restaurants and growing chains and anybody can use to really become uh, and engage with and enamored with their local community. So I, I, I applaud what you're doing. That's a great goal. Uh, let's go, let's go to the people side. Labor shortage has been a big deal across the yeah. country continues to be, I'm sure it is for you. Adaptations, things that are working for you, secrets to find good people, keep good people, anything you've seen or done over the last little stretch to get by. 
Well, yeah. I mean, just like a lot of restaurants, it, it's been tough. And at, there were times this year when we had limited hours just because we did not have the staff. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something that we knew we, you know, we we're anticipating. Um, a lot of, you know, running a restaurant is having a plan before it happens. Just like when you're marketing, if you're marketing something for March, you're starting to plan for it in June the previous year. When you're looking at a potential problem that sort of, you know, may make a difference on your hours or your sales or your operations, you want to have a plan in place. And we were looking at uh, during COVID uh, and seeing when, you know, the increase of um, unemployment benefits was going to end, which Mm -hmm. is which was right around July in Arizona. And we looked at that date and said, okay, if we start having more applications coming in after July 2021, we'll think we'll be okay. But if we don't, then we know that a big group of people did quit the restaurant business. And the hospitality business in general got hit a lot uh, by COVID and people finding different careers, moving to Yahoo, Targets, you know, a a lot of the online shopping. Um, So our our kitchen operation is streamlined, you know, um, in general, we don't need a, a lot of cooks a lot of employees to run the restaurant. Uh, so it became a lot of working with the team, a lot of the managers, you know, uh, going in there and working a lot of our, our corporate trainers and uh, regional managers were manning in the restaurants. And when employees see that, mm-hmm. that gives them saying, these guys care. They just don't see us as an employee that they can kick around. They see us as part of the team and they're working with us. So we're able to keep, a lot of a lot of the cooks, uh, our front of the house employees, uh, we've had employees that have been with us for over seven years, which is great. Um, we want people to come in and think of us not just as a job, but, you know, this isn't just where they work. This is coming where they it, it's a job, but it's also it's part of their family. It's, it's a career path for them, possibly. Mm-hmm. It's what they want to do, you know, um, you know, with their with their life. They think of it as more than just coming in and getting a paycheck. And obviously, like a lot of other restaurants, we increased the pay. In Arizona, minimum wage was twelve eighty already. So, uh, but we've increased even you know beyond that uh, to where our you know our kitchen employees are very happy with the amount of money they're getting. Um, but we've also established something uh, this year, which is a four hundred one k plan, and the four hundred one k plan is open to every employee, uh, not just managers, uh, but uh, hostesses, hosts, servers, kitchen employees, dishwashers, whomever, uh, once they meet the, you know, six month, seven month eligibility requirement, they can contribute to a 401k. But if they choose not to, they can still be part of the Angry Crab Shack contribution. So Ron Liu and I, uh, Angry Crab Shack, do a, um, you know, basically a profit sharing plan and it goes in uh, into the 401ks of the employees but even if you don't contribute to a 401k plan maybe you can't you are still part of the profit sharing plan uh so it, the longer you stay with angry crab shack the more money that angry crab shack you know can will have you share in, in the profit so you know making the environment a you always have to hire you're always looking to hire but once you get them in the door, it's just treating your employees the same as you do as guests. You give, you know, the way that you give the, the guests, the, the service to the guests, 
and how much they enjoy the food and the air and um, the environment. You have to do that with your new employees. When the cooks come in or the servers or whomever, you know, you, you walk them around, you introduce them to everyone, you make them sure. feel at home, you make sure that they have the training and you're giving all the tools that they need. Uh, you don't, you know, you do not just bring them in and say, okay, there's the station, go and figure it out. You're actually with them and show them that you're going to help them be successful. You're going to give them the tools to be successful. So, uh, you know, making those employees want to be part of the Angry Crab Shack uh, restaurant going forward and not just, you know, looking as a three month or six month job, but something that they may want to do for the long term. That's important to keep those employees. That way you're not always hiring and not always turning over and not always, you know, looking for people. Right. All right. You just went, you just rolled through a really good sequence for anybody to listen to. You pulled out a bunch of pieces on, on, uh, why someone would want to choose you over someone else. It starts with better pay, but it's culture. It's adding in a 401k. It's growth and development opportunities. We had a good interview on, on that, on that later. A lot of folks do start as a, a server staff manager, regional manager. And, and if they get aligned with your, your growing group, I mean, there's going to be opportunities down the road. So uh, it's exciting to take that approach and you, you see so many people job hop. And I think it's because they didn't get the, they didn't get that sort of attention and, and leadership. And, and it's a shame. Yeah. And, and I mean, when employees can see it, it makes a difference. And we've got three employees. We got three franchise owners right now that started out as servers. Oh, OK. So uh, three. Uh, one started in 2014. Um, his name's Will, Will Gardner. And he started out as a server, worked his way up to general manager. Uh, he left for a year or two to do solar sales, came back, wanted to get back into it. Um, and we had an opportunity for an operating partner of a franchise. And he he took that role and and bought in. And now he owns part of three different Ingram Crab Shack franchises. We have two others, uh, Matthew Prentice and Josh Arnold, that both started out as servers in 2016, worked their way up to managers. They partnered up with a couple people. And now they own four of their own Ingram Crab Shacks outright. So when Love you can it. come in as an employee and maybe leave as your own boss, people see that. And that's something people, uh, you know, can strive for. hundred percent. hundred percent. Well, let's do this. Let's, let's wrap. I like to stay right around uh, 20, 25, 30 minutes and we're getting there. So uh, send them to the website, send them to the franchise site where you have more information on that. Any other parting thoughts you want to share? Go for it. Yeah, so it's it's uh, obviously www.angancrabshack.com. There is a link on that uh, website to get to the franchise, but if not, it's just angancrabfranchise.com. Uh, you can follow us on TikTok and and Twitter. I think we still have Twitter. Uh, I don't know if Elon Musk is uh, uh, has, has has bombed that one yet. We don't, we don't uh, know. You know, Instagram, Facebook, uh, anything like that. Um, and if you got any questions, honestly, just e email me. Uh, I try to answer as, as many questions as I can. Sometimes I get letters from people um, and uh, some are good, some are bad, but I always try to uh, give them a handwritten response uh, to let them know that I read it and I am responding to them uh, personally. And, you know, the hope is when you go into an angry crab shack, you feel like that it's just a single unit and you don't, and doesn't feel like a big part of the chain. One thing we always wanted to do as we've grown is to make sure we've never forgotten who we are and we never operate different from who we were back in our first couple of years. Yeah. Super, super stuff there. I, I think you're seeing more restaurants have fun with the, I, the TikTok channel. Cause that's probably the most informal one. Right. Is that, is that a fair statement? You guys just kind of use that one to play. Absolutely. With? 
Absolutely. And that's another thing for restaurant owners to know is make sure that you're always, you know, in your corporate and your marketing department and just really in your company, make sure you're always bringing in younger people that you can sort of, you know, mentor and turn into good executives, but also have fresh ideas. Uh, our marketing director that we brought in, she was 24, 25 at the time. She absolutely exploded our social media and TikTok because she, you know, just things that that younger guests, you know, want. And that's another thing is is for restaurant owners to know: never be complacent with your guests that you have because as those guests get older, they go out, you know, as less. Sure. Maybe they're starting families, they move away. So you always need to be connecting with new guests because those new guests at 25 and 10 years will be 35. Yeah. Yeah. Changing mindset. Very good stuff. All right. So I appreciate folks. That was Andy Diamond of Angry Crab Shack. You can find them at angrycrabshack.com. The franchise site is angrycrabfranchise.com. But I, again, you can link from the uh, each, each other. Uh, for more great restaurant marketing and operations, service people, and tech tips, stay tuned to us here at runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, Jamie.